inside content. Welcome to Inside Content, the podcast from 3Vision, giving you VIP access to the insights and experiences of senior TV executives. This episode, our CEO Toby sits down with Jeff Cook, VP of Programming at Stars, discussing the expansion of their SVOS service, Stars Play, and the challenges to find premium scripted content in a competitive buyer's market. Hi, Jeff. How's it going? Hi, Toby. I'm doing very well. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Thanks for joining us on Inside Content. Absolutely. It's uh, very thankful for you inviting me. Good, good, good. So I think most of our listeners will know the premium channel Stars in the US already, but they're maybe less familiar with uh, Stars Play, the streaming service that you've been rolling out internationally. Um, to kick off, could you tell us a bit about Stars Play, the kind of overview of the proposition, your target audience, and where you've launched already? Yeah, of course. So we're, you know, we're a premium SVOD service, and we're focused on first-run exclusive drama series. I mean, that's kind of the, the headline. We're very much for adults. You know, we do not have any kids' content. Uh, we're not really doing procedurals. We're not doing too much comedy. We're very focused on the serialized drama. We're available in roughly 50 countries. So, you know, generally speaking, it's Western Europe, it's Latin America, Canada, Japan, and we have a joint venture in the Middle East, North Africa. And we also recently launched a service called Lionsgate Play in India. Excellent, excellent. And in terms of how you reach your audience, from what I could see, you, you've you got the kind of classic direct-to-consumer model, but then you also have a range of different distribution approaches using Amazon channels, on Apple, working with multiple MVPDs or pay TV operators. Um, what, what's the kind of overall approach to distribution? So really it's to be everywhere uh, the audiences are. So, you know, we realize that, you know, it's, it's complex out there and people have very different tendencies. So while we would you know, love to have people subscribe directly to our direct consumer app, some people are more comfortable using Amazon or Apple or you know, their existing TV provider, mobile provider, you know, other platforms like Roku. So really it's to be as widely distributed as possible. That's the goal. And I think you know, we've, you know, Darren Nielsen, who runs business development, has done a great job rolling us out and getting us on more and more platforms over the past year and a half to two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From what I've seen, you seem to be moving, you know, pretty quickly there. So, so yeah, I think I think Darren is Darren is doing a good he's job. He's a he's a busy guy. <laughs> yeah. Are there any insights you can share on, you know, which types of distribution are working best for you, and 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 do you have a kind of preference in a you know in an ideal world of how you want to how you want to reach reach the consumer yeah I mean, look i think you know the goal would always be to have people subscribe directly and to have the direct relationship with the customer but as i mentioned we realize that that's 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 a barrier that's too high for some people especially as we're trying to build our brand internationally so we rely super heavily on partnerships right you know we we love working with amazon with apple i think you know, all these companies are, it's, it's a little bit new for them to be able to sell SVOD services. Um, you know, Amazon's been doing a really great job at it. And they're, you know, in a lot of ways, um, very serious about that business. And they've grown very nicely. 
I think with the MVPDs across Europe and Latin America who are getting into this space a little bit um, for the first time where they've you know historically been linear channel aggregators, they see a real value in aggregating SVOD services as a way to help retain their customers. And I, I do think there's a, a bit of a learning curve for just about anybody who's a new entrant to, to figure out, okay, what is the best way to sell SVOD services to our customers who maybe you know traditionally haven't looked at us as a, a seller of SVOD services. So it's a process and you know everyone's growing, which is awesome. And it's you know something that you know as you know as Darren's team has, has done all along, it's really trying to figure out, okay, how do we work with you on you know week to week, month to month to figure out the best way to build the brand and, and make sure that people are seeing the content. Okay, cool. Excellent. Maybe we'll have to uh, get Darren on and uh quiz him about how he's achieved uh, all that great distribution so quickly many airplane flights um <laughs> and probably many dinners <laughs> excellent all right well let's um let's talk a bit more about uh about content because you know i guess in terms of i mean in terms of your role in the organization that's that's where you, where your focus is right correct yeah so Obviously, Stars is owned by Lionsgate, so I, I imagine, you know, obviously because of that, you've got a special relationship with them in terms of um, licensing content from them. And when I've taken a look at the show tracker service that we run at 3Vision, uh, which monitors where all the kind of new scripted shows are being uh, bought and sold around the world, it seemed pretty clear that Lionsgate was the biggest supplier in terms of volume of new shows on on uh, on on your service. I mean, how how important is what I guess you could kind of call in-house content to you? So, short answer is, you know, we would not be able to launch internationally without our connection with Lionsgate. You know, they are our biggest provider of content, which also includes Stars Originals, as they're now, you know, the studio that produces all of our original series. So without them, it would be a very difficult thing to to even have this service. I think, you know, as you look at all the other competing services out there, you know, they're all tied to to bigger studios because they need that content supply. So we work really closely with Lionsgate, whether it's on the Stars Originals or the the massive film library that they have, or even the 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 series that they have and that they've produced over the years. So they're a big partner of ours. We, you know, we I used to work there, so I know them very well, um, and we work with them all the time. And as I mentioned, they are a big partner for us, and they're great. So it's been a it's been a it's been a nice partnership that we for sure need in order to expand. Yeah, and and it's it's interesting because I guess you know having when I've been speaking to you know, people in the in I guess in similar kind of positions to you in other other content companies that run either their own uh, direct to consumer service or or maybe just you know old fashioned linear channels, they always have a, 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 a sisters and brothers in the uh, in the uh, the licensing part of their company where. You know, they they I think they often have some of the some of the toughest negotiations because they, you know, obviously everyone's got to do their, you know, got to do the best job they can to either buy the content, you know, buy the content at the best price or or achieve the best price selling it. And 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 there's complex relationships where, you know, multiple parties but are participating in the revenues that are being generated. So they they can't just kind of you know give the content away to as, as a sister sister company so uh 
I, I, I guess that's right. I guess I guess it's it's uh, it's complicated, but you know, I'm sure they're I'm sure they're a great partner for you. Yeah, it, I mean, it, you bring up a really good point because look, I mean, we have to go, you know, fight for the content just like any other service, and you know, pay the rates that the market commands. So even though we're part of the same company, it's very much, um, you know, we have to do our part and we have to meet we have to meet the needs of again what they can get in the market for all this content. So, but what I would say is we do have a great relationship with the distribution team at Lionsgate. We're all very friendly with each other. You know, we've lost out on things and we've, we've been okay with that because we realize that, you know, our value on something may not be as high as, you know, a third party and they've gone with third party on certain occasions. So we've been totally okay losing things, but the things that we have been able to get and, you know, to be able to secure the stars originals internationally as part of an output deal that was really a big, that was really a big part of our expansion. And, you know, it wasn't easy, but at the same time, um, it's what we had to do in order to kind of have the service launch internationally. So it's been, you know, it's been great. Uh, we've had some, we've had ups and downs, just probably like any uh, license or licensee relationship, but overall they're, they're like I said, they're, they've been great partners to us. So I, I'm sure having access ongoing basis to the originals is really critical to your proposition and gives you that kind of stable foundation to the service. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's the cornerstone of our offering, the Stars Originals. So the, the, the shows that Christina Davis and her team are producing, I mean, that's what we're really, you know, hanging our hat on and banking our success on. You know, as people would probably realize, we also do more than just the Stars Originals. So when we think about the slate, um, about half of it, our stars originals and then the other half would be things that we do on the international side, you know, independent of stars domestic. So, you know, acquisitions or, you know, local language things that we're looking into, uh, film licensing, all that stuff. So it's a combination, but uh, absolutely the stars originals are, you know, the, the cornerstone of the service. Yeah. Okay, great. And you mentioned movies a couple of times. How, how important are they to the to the proposition? Because when I think about Stars Play, I'm always thinking about immediately think about about TV series. Yeah, movies are an important part of the offering, and you know I think everybody you know everybody wants to talk about series because um, that's you know I think the sexy thing and what people really like to chat about around the water cooler. But you know movies still drive a ton of viewership. They drive a ton of engagement. You know, we've had a handful of studio volume deals over the past couple of years that have been really important for us. Uh, one thing that we have next month uh, in the UK, our pay to deal with Lionsgate uh, is going to start, which we're extremely excited about. You know, we, we did this deal probably a little bit over a year ago and, you know, it takes time for these movies to come on the service, but starting in August um, and then probably about one a month. Uh, we'll have, you know, great movies coming onto the service like Angel Has Fallen and Midway and the new Rambo and then eventually Knives Out. So we're excited to see what that does to viewership in the UK because um, I think it'll have a big impact. And, you know, for successful, it's something that we'd love to look at in potentially other markets. So movies are big. Absolutely. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. And do you... Do you think that, I mean, have the movies that you've had to date been a little older then? Is that right? Yeah, I would say, you know, we started with with library films. Uh, I think that's kind of where, you know, many services start just because that seems like the fastest way to get, um, to get volume. So, 
you know, when I say library, I'm talking things, you know, maybe that are like, you know, five to 10 years old or even older than that, but, you know, big, you know, US blockbusters uh, with big actors. And as I mentioned, like those still drive a lot of viewership across Europe and Latin America. So while we've seen a lot of success with those, you know, getting into pay two, uh, which is something that, you know, I think when we started, we probably didn't, I wouldn't have predicted we would have had a pay due deal as soon as we do. Um, but that's like the natural evolution to say, okay, we see a lot of success with library films. What if we have newer films on the service? You know, how does that change? Um, you know, how does that change viewership? How does that, how does that change subscriber acquisition? So it's a, it's a test for us, but I, I feel very good about it. I think we'll be successful. So, you know, all things uh, going well, uh, it would be something that, you know, we would love to explore uh, in other markets, you know, um, you know, over time. Not sure what the time frame is, but we're excited to see. Uh, we're excited to to see how these do. Yeah, I think it'll be it'll be really interesting to to see how that works because you know I think you know we're seeing that 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 consumers are deluged by so many choices these days. I think sometimes they don't really want to commit to invest the time in watching another another series with with you know ten or twenty episodes that. Um, you know, maybe they maybe they're happier to to spend a bit of time watching a watching a movie that they haven't didn't manage to see at the theater or want to watch again. You know, I think that that could be something that could be you know could be quite attractive. And I think well, we're seeing some changes in uh, in you know over the last year or two with Netflix's strategy as well in terms of uh, how much focus they're they're putting on on new movies. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a you're right it's a commitment. Um, to start a new show. And I think sometimes you can get a little overwhelmed maybe with how many shows are out there and you're really just needing something to, I think, you know, satisfy your your need for just one night. And that's where you would go to a film. So we, you know, we, we, we want to do more in film. I think, you know, we're going to see some success in the UK with movies. So We'll see what happens, but I think uh, overall it should be a good a good thing. Cool, good, good. Yeah. Well, there's uh, there's just so much content out there now. I was I, I started watching uh, Rami on your service recently, and I was uh, I was really I, I was really excited to see it was a it was a it was a half hour I think. So it was uh, I, I could I yeah could, you know no, it was, absolutely it, it was you know and there's so many shows are hours these days it's quite nice to find a really you know a good half hour that you want to watch that just can um you know fill in a fill in a slot of time that you might have in a really entertaining interesting way yeah absolutely I mean Rami we love that show you know it's just so different than what we've you've seen on TV with what Rami has done and the you know the the characters and the writing and again you know the format something that's just a half hour it's just so nice and you can kind of come in and out of it so we again we try to find variety um because we realize people you know on a different night you might have a different feeling about how much time you have or you know do you want to do you want to cry do you want to laugh do you want to be enthralled in action or all those different choices we try to have as many as we can the few that you have in multiple markets so i'm thinking shows like normal people are the great and but there are others that you have in just a single country. So I saw you have Killing Eve, I think, in Germany. How do you make the decisions about which markets to acquire? And generally, could you give us some insights into the kind of complexities and the challenges and the opportunities of round multi-market acquisitions? Sure. So 
You know, when we started back in May 2018, we, we definitely had to, you know, get moving quickly and try to find as many shows as we can because um, we launched in the UK and Germany. So we were buying a lot of shows for just, um, you know, we just had a quick need. So in the case of Killing Eve, Germany was really the only market available for that show. I think Endeavor had pretty much sold it everywhere else. And it was just such a strong show that we would, we, we took it, you know, Germany is a huge market for us and it's been a big success there. So uh, we would have taken more markets in Killing Eve if it would have come around later and we probably would have been in at the ground floor, but that was the case. And so we just, we took what we could get. And I think that is, you know, a, a hallmark of, I think how we think about licensing and that, we of course want all of our territories for our big temple shows. Uh, so things like the great or normal people or Pennyworth or the act. But if something, if a territory is not available for some reason, if it's a co-production, if a territory was you know already sold, you know, we're, we would deal. I think we try to be as flexible as possible, um, but still get what we need. So Overall, when we think about multi-territory, you know, getting in at the ground floor, we try to get, as I said, as much as we can. And that just seems to be kind of the easiest way to make sure that we're locking up the content in as, as many territories as possible. That's an important strategy for us on the big tent poles to have multi-territory, but we've always been able to fill in gaps and, and buy things opportunistically in single markets or in a couple markets. Um, and over time, what we realized that you know, audiences are very different in Latin America versus Europe. So whereas you know, one show maybe is really strong in Europe and it's not as strong as in Latin America, we would look at just maybe doing a Europe deal versus Latin America. And so as we get more information, as we kind of grow, uh, the strategy will, will really shift depending on what we're seeing. Yeah, and I guess that's the wonder of direct-to-consumer, you've got all that great data to really understand how audiences are reacting to the shows. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, no, I'm not going to lie, it's great to be able to see what people are watching and, you know, not only what are they watching, but what else are they watching and, you know, how quickly do they move to another show. It just helps inform to make the overall service better. So the more we can figure out you know, the better we can program the service for those same customers. So in the end, you know, we love to see as much as we can, but, you know, at the same time, it, I would say it still is very much, it's a, it's a gut thing, right? You know, I think we're all people and we, we get a feeling when we watch a show and we say, oh, we know this show is going to work. And I think, you know, Normal People is a great example where, you know, we had not done the show that, you know, is, you know, it's a, again, an interesting format, 12 half hour episodes, uh, it's a love story. Uh, it's younger than what we've typically done in the past. But when you watch that show, you just, you know, there's something magical about it. And most people in any country are going to relate to that story. So while we don't have a lot of data to show as like, hey, normal people is going to be a hit. When you watch it, you know, it's going to, you know, it's a great show. And so we went after it and we were successful in getting it. Yeah, yeah. And I bet you're, uh, I bet you're really pleased about, about uh, how that's all worked out. Yeah, we just launched it um, a week or two weeks ago. And, you know, it's been, as you can expect, I mean, it's done well everywhere. So we're really happy and we're really proud to have that show on our service. And I think when we think about like our brand uh, and brand affinity, I mean, that's a great example of a show that, you know, we're really proud of and that, you know, we hope that customers see this and, and they look at it and the territories where we're in and say, okay, this is what Stars Play is about. This is the type of show that they want to bring to us. 
Yeah, yeah. And how how early did you get involved in that show? So we, you know, we read scripts early, well before, uh, well before uh, anyone was Endeavor was ready to to sell it. But we were definitely tracking it for a while. And then when we were able to see an episode at the C21 event in London, when Endeavor kind of, you know, they had their screening and they, they showed all clients, um, we, we quickly made our offer uh, right after we saw it effectively. Got you. And if you'd had the opportunity, would you have made an offer at the script stage, do you think? And do you think that's something that you might have to be doing more to be able to compete and swooping quickly for those really great shows so we we have bought shows off of the script stage so a good example of that would be the act um when we when we worked with nbc universal on that one um we just had three scripts and there were a couple uh production stills that we saw and you know we heard the pitch from the the writer creator so based on that we were just in and you know that's been a juggernaut for us that's been a huge show so we've bought at all levels. Uh, I think with normal people, we all loved the book. The scripts were great. I think I think a lot of people looked at that and said, "Can this be? Can this be made for TV as effective as the book is?" And it it ended up being. But I think there was probably a lot of um, maybe a little just a little apprehension about can this be adapted to the screen. And I think a lot of those shows that are very much about relationships are very cast dependent, you know, and it's like, does, do the actors have that chemistry that make this really magical? And, you know, they did a fantastic job with normal people because both of those actors um, have insane chemistry. And I think that's what really made the show amazing. So, you know, hats off to all the creatives involved in that because um, it really ended up being a perfect show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So let's move away now from new shows and just go back in time a little bit. I was uh, reading recently that Lionsgate had been busy uh, relicensing the amazing iconic Mad Men after a big deal that they had with Netflix, uh, which was struck back in 2011, I think, has now expired. Um, so from what I can understand reading about this, it seems like you're going to have the show from October onwards, which is great news, but it's quite a complex licensing arrangement that's happened. And it looks like the show is going to be on Amazon, on AMC. Could you tell us a bit more about how that deal came about? And assuming my analysis of kind of how it's structured is correct how 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 do you feel about exclusivity because it sounds like you may be going to have the show non-exclusively that's right so exclusivity is always something that we prioritize but in the case of Mad Men I think by working closely with Lionsgate and just the whole organization because this is such a big show you know we were able to find like a creative solution that maximized the global opportunities for the company and also you know, got us what we felt we needed for the value that, you know, we put on Mad Men. So it is a very complex deal. And to, to be 100% honest with you, I don't know all the windowing of where it, where it's AMC versus where it's IMDb versus where it's, where it's Amazon. But um, we are going to share it. We are going to go non-exclusive. You know, it's, it's one of the most iconic, you know, dramas of all time. And 
Lionsgate is very, very proud to have this show, and we're very proud to have it on our service as well. But again, you know, as I mentioned earlier, the the market uh, demand and the dynamics of you know having a big show like this, and you know, knowing that there are other services who are who are interested and you know have have you know deeper pockets than we do effectively that's something that we we were trying to do as much as we could here and i think we found a great opportunity in mad men um for again the value that we put on it and for the rights that we need and and for the windows and the territories so we're excited to have it in in october but you know lionsgate they did an amazing job and it was a very long process um but very professional and and well done where they took out a big pitch and did a ton of research. Um, so they did a fantastic job. I think everybody at the company is happy um, where everything landed, including us. So it was an interesting process, but overall we're, we're very happy with you know, what we got. So great. Well, I'm sure it's going to be really exciting for you to have that big brand on the service. Yes, we're excited. I mean, that's the, one of the best shows of all time. So Don Draper lives on. Excellent. Excellent. So Jeff, this has been a fabulously insightful conversation. I mean, to wrap things up, could you just give us some insights into which of the shows that you have right now have been performing best recently? And of the shows you've got coming up, which one are you most excited about? Okay, wow. So I would say most recently, launching launching The Great and then Normal People has been an amazing one-two punch. You know, we're we love all our shows. Um, we're all very passionate about the shows that we license because we don't, you know, we don't do a ton um, compared to, you know, an Amazon or a Netflix. But to have both of those shows, uh, we were super excited about, and our marketing team did an amazing job uh, about building campaigns and, you know, reaching people now in this kind of COVID world where, you know, out of home is difficult and you can't quite do the things that we have normally done in the in, in London and Germany and things like that. So both of those shows have been awesome for us. Uh, we're really excited. It's still very early. Um, so I think over time, these will be perennials that people just flock to and watch. You know, I would say since the act has been just a huge show for us over time, that just has an am- amazing staying power. It's, it's probably been a little surprising to, to see how well it's done and how, you know, it's just kind of become this uh, kind of cult following for a lot of people. So if you haven't watched it, I recommend it. It's a very crazy story. And I think about in, in terms of things coming up, um, there's a lot that we can't quite announce yet, but one show that we know is going to be huge for us in September is Ghost, which is the, the, the next chapter in the power story. So um, September, early September is when we're going to be launching the show in all markets. And you know, power has been a massive show globally. Uh, we unfortunately don't have it in many markets because of existing licensing deals that you know happened six or seven years ago. So to have Ghost in all markets, we know there's a built-in fan base um, for this world, and we think there's a real opportunity to to migrate power audiences over into Ghost. So that is coming soon, and it should be a, it's going to be a massive show for us. So we're super excited about that. All right, fabulous. Well. Jeff, this has been such an interesting conversation. Thank you very much. If the listeners would like to get in touch with you to learn more about Stars Play or to maybe pitch you a show, what's the best way for them to do that? 
So they, you can email me directly. My, my email is jeff.cook at stars.com. Okay, cool. And we'll, we'll put that, uh, that information in the show notes also. Thanks a lot, Jeff. It's been great to have you on Inside Content and I look forward to seeing you again soon. Thanks so much, Toby. I honestly really do appreciate you inviting me onto this podcast and it was a, it was a lot of fun. Thanks for listening to this episode of Inside Content from 3Vision. You can always reach out to us at 3vision.tv if you want to learn more. Or if you're a business with ambition in the content world, our consultancy services can help. With decades of combined experience, we know the ins and outs of the industry like nobody else. Catch us next time on Inside Content.